Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. I need to monitor health and vital signs. It's a really tricky subject. There are plenty of ways to try and assess how people are walking, breathing, and check until blood pressures are functioning, but all of these often involve intensive contact-based solutions. Is there any way to actually monitor somebody's health to get a better diagnosis and treatment for them without being so invasive? This week we look at two stories. And now we launch into our Launchpad News segment. The trickiest part about any type of medical monitoring is that you want to make it accurate, you want to make it detailed, but you can't actually impede the thing that you're trying to study so much that you don't get a real response. For example, if you're trying to monitor someone's blood pressure, well, if you want to do it accurately, you have to be strapped in, perhaps a simple uh, measuring device. That's great, but you can't really run around or do any physically strenuous activity while in that setup, or at least easily, unless you want to be covered in wires on a treadmill. And that is a useful exercise if you're trying to, say, do a lung capacity test or a detailed heart check where you're wired up to the brim and then undertaking some physically strenuous activity. That's great, but it's not a real-world example. In other cases, you might be fitted with a holster and wearing a carry-on device around with you all day. That logs your same heart rate. These kind of methods of measuring somebody's behaviour and measuring someone's health are useful, but they're not really viable for long term. And that's sort of trying to monitor something like heart rate or blood pressure. If you wanted to monitor movement, that's really, really hard, because to understand someone's movement, you first got to watch them move naturally. And if you're doing that, then it's really hard to do if you're wired up or carrying something that's not normal. Now you're in a different state. Now that's where it's really tricky to come up with a sensing device that can be used to understand somebody's difficulties, weaknesses, areas where they need help without actually being so over-the-top and cumbersome that you get a, a non-real set of data. And a good example of this has recently been published in the journal Biomedical Optics Express with researchers from Spain, including Leticia Velia, Anzola Friesera, and Anadolal Junior. And they have been looking at ways to develop at the Federal University of Espírito Santo in Brazil special kinds of clothing. Now these clothings are packed to the brim with sensors, fiber optic sensors, that are actually flexible enough that you can move around in them. Now what they have done is create a polar optical fiber set of smart pants. Now why would you want smart pants? Well, there's plenty of things that can go wrong with a person. For example, if your gait is starting to deteriorate in old age, if you're having muscle strain, or if you're doing some kind of repetitive behavior that causes in your daily life some kind of injury, or maybe you just want to see how you are compensating for weaknesses in your hips, or many other rehabilitation practices that you might want to be trying to monitor. So particularly for injured people under rehab, or people who are aging, monitoring their movement of things like sitting, squatting, walking, kicking, running, all of them without actually naturally inhibiting them is really important for understanding how well rehab is working and also if there's any changes that might be better adjusted for, especially when it comes to aging. 
This can help guide things like surgery, treatment plans, you name it. And that's why the researchers were really keen to develop some better way of sensing this. Now, what they've described is effectively a set of smart pants, which are inlaced with transparent optical fibers that are woven directly into the textile themselves. They only developed a portable signal acquisition unit to be placed inside, well, the pants pocket. So, two parts here, a low-cost wearable sensing system and the cloth to tie into it. They were able to demonstrate that they could actually get a smart textile that can generate all kinds of information, new information that would otherwise be impossible to get. Now, the first and most important part was actually trying to get this to a low-cost scale. Now, a smartwatch can tell if you're moving. If you want to detect a specific type of moving without getting in the way, you need a polymer fabric as kind of the base. And so they tried different ways of weaving sensors into the fabric itself. Now, the best method they came up with with these optical fibers was around one millimeter in diameter, made from polymethyl methacillate. And the researchers were able to create sensitive areas in these fibers by removing small sections of the outer cladding of the fiber core. When the fiber bends due to movement, like for walking or bending your knees, this will cause a change in the optical power traveling through the fiber. And thus you get a really detailed map of what physical modification and where happened in that particular sensitive area for the fiber. And by creating these sensitive fiber areas in different, say, target locations around joints or muscles, you can create a really multiplex sensor system with 30 points measurement on each leg. And they had to develop a whole new machine learning data analysis algorithm to analyze all of this data that they could get. And when you did that and had people walking, you could actually classify gait parameters based on not video evidence, but rather actual real sensor data from the legs themselves. And to classify their activities and test their prototype, they got volunteers to walk and wear these smart pants performing really specific activities. Slow walking, fast walking, squatting, sitting on a chair, sitting on the floor, kicking. All of these things help them get a really accurate model that could turn those movements in the sensors into understanding a specific behavior. And fiber optic sensors are great because they're immune to electromagnetic interference, and which means you can easily integrate them into clothing and not worry about them messing with other devices around you. And they're optical based, they're relatively low power, cheap and highly reliable. So that's great, which you can wash them, you can care for them, and you can actually use them pretty well without having to worry about damaging them. These kind of sensors will lead to more enhanced precision medicine approaches in both rehab and treatment, because now you can understand exactly how someone's body is behaving without having them to be wired up in a big test rig all day. You can let them wear the pants out in the world and look at the data at the end of the day, which is a much more realistic and better way to get insight into people's behaviours. Some great research from Brazil, published in the journal Optics Express, with Natisha Avdala as first author.
making less invasive sensors. If you're trying to monitor the health of a heart, it's super, super important. And actually having invasive sensors can be really quality of life draining and a health risk in a hospital or medical situation, maybe not even practical facilities like aged care facilities, prisons, or in an extreme um, emergency situation where you don't have good access to a certain area, like with a patient with burns, or perhaps an infant with insufficient skin area. So sometimes these contact systems are great, well detailed, but can't really be used, at least in all of the cases where you really want them to work. And that's what researchers from the New South Wales Smart Sensing Network, working at the University of Sydney Nano Institute, published in the journal Nature Photonics. We've been trying to tackle this particular problem. The lead author on a particular paper here is Yukon Jung, working out of the lab of Professor Ben Engleton. Now, what they've been using is a whole bunch of different sensors based out of the School of Physics to try and see ways they could develop new systems to measure heart rate. Now, this is pretty important, but of course, this is Australia. So, how do you test a device to make sure that it works? Well, of course, you turn to the everyone in Northern Australia's favourite creature, the cane toad. Cane toads are an invasive species that were introduced to help keep at bay pests that would eat the cane crops in North Queensland. And they've seen slowly making their way down as an invasive pest species, the eastern seaboard of Australia. Really damaging for crops, really damaging for the environment, really damaging for native species. But we have a lot of them, and we don't want to have a lot of them, but what are you going to do? They're a useful tool for research. And in this case, they were using them as the testing environment for the new type of sensors that they could develop. Now, what they would want to do is develop a sensor that they could detect vital signs from a distance, which means you take away that physical contact step. That also means no wires. And in cases of burns or infants, say, it's good because you don't need to have anything there that doesn't actually, isn't able to be applied. So that's the guiding principle. To overcome issues at the same time as give really, really accurate and important vital sign monitoring. Now, this is important because A, we talked about possibilities where you can't have monitoring, but B, it's actually risky. Because when you have sensors that need to be applied and kept on somebody, this can lead to sores, it can lead to transmission of contact diseases. There's all kinds of things in a hospital setting that you really, if you can give it a touch, that would be great. So what they turn to to do this non-contact work is photonic radar. Now, they use a light-based photonic system rather than traditional electronics to try and get all the information about the person that they needed using effectively almost radar signals. Now, they could use wideband generating radar signals to get precise and also simultaneous tracking of lots of different subjects in the area. So they use this LIDAR approach, light detection and ranging, plus photonic radar to build a sensing array and measuring lots of different vital signs down to a resolution of around 6 millimeters or micrometer level accuracy which is good enough for a clinical environment. Now, other times people have tried non-contact monitoring, they're often using optical sensors, using infrared or visible wavelength-based cameras. Problem is, any camera-based system has many problems. First is any lighting conditions, incredibly variable, especially in the hospital. And the lighting conditions can change the sensor reading devices. The other part is what you train and calibrate your sensors on. 
can be highly susceptible to skin color variation, even variation on the simple subject skin as well, because even ignoring overall skin color differences between patients, which is a big problem a lot of the time in sensor devices, often be designed and calibrated for one racial ethnic group and do not work at all on others, which would be a huge problem in a medical setting. They also have the potential to be varying over the body. So maybe one part of someone's skin is a slightly different pigment coloring, even due to lighting conditions, than another. And this can mean that you get an inaccurate reading. So cameras aren't great. The other thing is, if you're trying to take a whole bunch of high-resolution images, it's a lot of data to store, and then it becomes a patient data risk as well, because now you've got a lot of data, high-resolution photographs of somebody's body. Not really ideal. Now, radio frequency work can monitor vital signs without the need for visual recording, which is good for privacy protection, but then you need to do a lot of signal analysis to try and find that from the noise. And that's where they really wanted to pair it with other systems, radio work along with LiDAR, to actually build some redundancy in. If either in systems count as a fault, you at least have the other one to continue functioning. Now, conventional radio frequency radar systems rely on electronics and they have a narrow radio frequency band and thus they only have a low resolution. But using wideband, they can increase the resolution of their monitoring much better way than, say, cameras would. And if you use just LiDAR, which uses much shorter light wavelengths, you get better range and resolution, but you can't really penetrate through objects such as clothes. So if you want to have the best of both worlds, you need radio frequency and also the detail of LiDAR in areas where you have the exposed skin. So it maximizes both benefits of radio frequency, its ability to get lots of places, and also LiDAR for its ability to get really good precise images on the surface level. And the collaborators all in the study worked with the New South Wales Smart Sensing Network to try and get that down to a platform that could be rolled out cost-effectively and provide that high-resolution, rapid-response vital sign monitoring into hospitals. The next step is actually to miniaturise that system, get it down to a chip level that could be used in handheld devices rather than a lab-based room full of equipment. But it has been used and shown to show that it does work and that's where the cane toad studies come in. So for example, by trying to monitor the breathing of the cane toad as inside the area, they were able to generate enough information from both the LiDAR and the radar frequency devices to show that it could work in monitoring really with high precision the breathing and the heart rate of these creatures. And that's really cool because cane toads are not normally cooperative either. So getting them to cooperate for a study and show that it works in the most annoying of environments is a pretty good sign that it could work on patients. Now, this is some great work by the University of Sydney with lead author Zikhan Zhang, published in the Journal of Nature Photonics, about ways to use LiDAR and radar frequency sensors to monitor people remotely without having to have any touch involved. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, Lagrange Point. We had two examples of ways of non contact, non invasive means of monitoring people's gait, movement in a non intrusive way, as well as breathing and heart rate and other key vital signs. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.